my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so excited to be in front of you today. I hope that you're having an amazing Tuesday if you're listening to this live. And if you're listening to this on any other day, I'm still sending you love and care and joy and celebration. So today's episode, y'all, I don't know what happened. I recorded it and then thank God I actually like listened to it because sometimes I'll record episodes in one take and I'm like, perfect, that's what I need. And then I'll just pop on the intro and the outros and I won't listen to it. And sometimes I'm like, let me just give it another listen to just to see if I like how I talked about things. And thank God I did because somehow the beginning, like the this welcoming right here where I'm saying, hey, I love y'all, <laughs> that got cut off. <laughs> so, um... I had to re-record it, but also thank God I listened because today's episode is all about, um, I'm talking to love addicts who are struggling with heartbreak and feeling stuck right now and some truths that I want to share with you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. And as I was listening to it, I was like, dang, I sound like I'm fussing. And (laughs) I know that when I like get on a roll and I'm like trying to make a point, uh, I get more energetic. So that's fine. I'm I'm good with that. But I was like, dang, I started off with that energy from the beginning. And I was like, I do not want anybody who's struggling with heartbreak feel like I'm like tearing into you. Um, I was visualizing the annoyance that I have with people who try to make love addicts feel less than when we are struggling with heartbreak, that we actually just need to get over it. I am visualizing some exes of some of my students who have made my students feel like shit um, when they are amazing women. And, um, <laughs> and so I got, I got energy for that. I got time for that. Um, so, and I was like, I'm not going to re-record it though because I feel like the way that I um, am encouraging and sharing things with y'all, I really like it. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take away from that and, and me coming back in a more muted tone. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, And I also know that sometimes I think, I think that my tone is different than it actually is. So anyways, that's my buffer. That's my disclaimer. But yes, today's episode is all about uh, five truths that I want to share with you. If you struggle with love addiction and you have gone through a break um, recently in the past and you find that you are feeling stuck. Now, if you are just now finding this podcast for the first time, 
uh, you search, someone recommended it to you. This is the first episode. You, you're searching for heartbreak and you're like, that sounds like me. Let me tell you what I mean by love addicts, if that is a new term to you. Love addiction is when we will, um, it's the persistent obsession of a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of a person or relationship and mistaking that for love. And love addiction is nothing but a trauma response. It is a very real thing where when those of us who struggle with love addiction as an intimacy disorder, we will take breakups, heartbreaks, rejection, abandonment, a million times deeper than what other people do. All of those things are painful for all people. But because we have used relationships and love and the and the promise of mistake of relationships and love as um as a source of self-love and self-soothing, when there's any kind of rupture in those relationships, when we feel like people are distancing from us, uh, when we have any kind of breaks in those relationships, it really, really just takes us back. And most of us don't have words for this, which is why I have this podcast, which is why I have the programs and everything that I do. But it's absolutely why I have this podcast for us to put words to it. But when when those things happen to us, it takes us back to this old, deep pain that is really hard for us to get out of. And so as love addicts, we will do anything that we can to try to keep close to a person or keep close to a relationship and try to make it work. And a lot of times we don't see that we are attached to a person or relationship or a fantasy that's unavailable for us. We will keep trying to to work on ourselves or look for, look for counseling or uh, communicate to the other person or do like these fake outs where we act like we're leaving, but really we're just trying to get the person to be jealous. And, you know, there's so many different scenarios when it comes to love addiction. But um, in, in line with that, with that, when we have a breakup, if we have kind of deified a person and we we deified a relationship and we have in our head that this was it and this was our chance and uh, this was a love that maybe other people don't understand but I understand it and so the fact that it's not here for me anymore just continues to bring heartbreak even when that person is already gone this is what this episode is for I wanted to share five five what I feel like are truths but you can take what you need and leave the rest as always um as always it may not fit for you and that's totally fine I just want you to have work even if you have words for things that you can say no this isn't it then that's great because that will eliminate what what is the path and what is the direction you want to go on and it will if it does fit for you then hopefully it will give you some solace and give you some emotional relief and give you a little bit of peace but we're going I'm going to talk about five things that I want you to know um as you are going through this process and um hopefully it'll help you move forward so with that said let's go ahead and jump into the where the episode starts and yeah I hope you enjoy Maybe you are currently in the middle of a breakup. You've just finished one. One happened several years ago and you're still battling with it. And so there's a lot of pain that comes with this season and comes with this transition. And I realize I don't have one specific episode that talks about healing during heartbreak. And so I wanted to share some of the recurring messages that I give my students and that I think it's important for you to know when you are healing from heartbreak. 
And so I'm going to share, let me count, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to share five of those really important messages that I that I would hope that you keep in mind and you can take however you want to take them or leave them if they don't apply to you. But hopefully this will help you in your healing journey. So the first one that I want to share as a suggestion for you to keep in mind as you are healing from a breakup is that there is no closure or there's no form of closure that will completely insulate you from experiencing the pain of a heartbreak from a breakup. So what do I mean? Often I will have students or women from our communities talk about how they feel like they want to have one more conversation, one last conversation just to clear the air, just to say what they feel, just to get everything out in the open. Uh, A lot of times what this looks like in their mind is to have a clarifying um, set of questions like, well, why did you do this? And this is what I thought about this and the ability to leave it all in a good space. And sometimes, depending on what happened in the break, that might be a way if things are amicable for, even though y'all needed to separate, if things are amicable for y'all to come and end in a loving way, if y'all, if it's important for y'all to end in that way. However, in the realm of love addiction and love avoidance, that closure conversation isn't really about getting ending things on good terms. A lot of times it's a kind of a grasp for trying to feel a little bit more emotional safety and to try to repair the pain that they're feeling because they're breaking up from that person by having this final conversation. So if I could just understand why he thought this or why she said that or what that person had in comparison to me or if this is because I said this two years ago, or if you would have done something differently, would have gone a different way, or if they would have done done something differently. And what this really is, is in the mourning process, whenever we're grieving anything, we always go through a bargaining phase. And what bargaining looks like is we replay history over and over, and we do all these what-if scenarios to try to get to an ending where we don't have to feel the pain of the end, right? That we could save them, that we could save ourselves, that we could save the relationships. But really, even though this is a normal process that happens, when we stay there, we end up making ourselves stay in more pain. Because sometimes seasons end and things have to end because it wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right fit for you. It wasn't the right fit for them. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right person. It just didn't work. And it's okay for that to be the full story. It's okay for you to be an amazing person and for that person to be an amazing person and for this relationship to not be so amazing because y'all weren't the right match for each other or you outgrew each other. And it's okay for that to be the truth. Continuing to feel this need to kind of go back and revisit this stuff, you you know that this isn't actually 
helping you if you feel like the more you go back to it, the more stuck you feel. The harder it is for you to move on and and invest and be open to relationships with people who do want to be with you. The more you go back, instead of you starting to feel stronger and more resolved and more sure of yourself and sure of what you want, the more you see evidence of how you're a bad person, about how you're the problem, about how you're never going to be loved. That's when the mining for this closure actually is just causing us to go deeper and deeper and deeper without us coming out of it. And also, I think I said in a previous uh, recording of this, because, you know, sometimes I will re-record episodes or I'll teach them again. But I, I believe I said in a previous version of this is a lot of times these closure conversations are things we've already said to them. We've already talked to them about what we want, about what went wrong. We've already stood up for ourselves. We've already told them if this keeps happening, that I'm going to leave. We've already told them that this was something that we didn't appreciate. We've already had these conversations. And so also us having this closure conversation is almost a way that we want to try to re- reclaim our power. That if I could tell you one last time, if I could come to you after, after things have already went left, and things are already messy. I'm going to have one more dinner conversation with you. I'm going to have one more phone call with you to clear it all up. Girl, if things have been messy the whole time, this closure conversation is going to be nothing but drama. And either one or two things are going to happen. Either it's going to be very emotional and you're going to be very upset that this person is still not receiving what you want to say and not saying the things that you want, which is what they've always done. Or if you have been a part of this love addictive, love avoidance cycle, this conversation is just going to be foreplay. And it's just going to be one big emotional, intense exchange that's going to lead to y'all connecting, maybe um, being intimate after that because you're so used to this drama cycle. So if, if things have come to an end and if you listening to what I'm saying, or if you've heard similar things or different things from a therapist or a loved one or friend groups, and they have encouraged you to to try to handle this breakup on your own for these reasons, then this might be a reason for you to do so. Because I absolutely hate when I see us continue to re-injure ourselves trying to get a resolution that's not possible because this wasn't a relationship that was supposed to last in the first place. The second thing that I want to really encourage y'all to keep in mind as you're healing from heartbreak is that someone's decision to end it, either yours or theirs, doesn't mean or doesn't communicate anything about your worth. So and again, this applies even if it was your your decision to end, because sometimes what will happen is if you find that you need to break up with someone, the way that you will make it about you and personalize it and about how you're not good enough is say, well, why do I keep getting with people who treat me less than I deserve? What's wrong with me? And then you'll start you know, beating yourself up emotionally, and then you'll start shaming yourself and condemning yourself, which if you're feeling like crap, how and telling yourself that you're crap, how is that going to help you move forward? That's only going to make you feel worse, y'all. Like we are so much in this reflexive pattern of parenting ourselves or adulting around ourselves the way that other adults 
adulted around us before that we will criticize and we'll self-blame and we will get so mean with ourselves and then wonder why we feel like crap on the other end of it. Well, you, you just had the worst heartbreak and then you told yourself that you're not worth anything. Like that, that's not how you help uplift yourself. You uplift yourself by reminding yourself of your value, of how amazing you are, of how special you are. And when you're on the other side of it and it's with someone that you really loved and cared about, or even if someone, you know, with hindsight, maybe you don't feel this right now, but this is for the people who can look back and say this, but at the moment you felt like you loved them and you felt like they were everything. If you feel like you're with someone who is everything you always wanted or someone who had all this potential, what you can do because you've put them on this pedestal, you've made them this godlike form, even though they're just another human being. They're just another human being who has a good job and has a good sense of humor and loves kids, right? And like you've made it so that they are the end all be all. You've you've deified them. And because you've deified them and placed them so up high, you've made yourself so low instead of realizing that it was a privilege for them to be in your energy and in your space and in your body for some of you and in your heart in the same way that you had the privilege of being around them and in their space and in their heart, right? It's, it's equal. But when you don't know how to esteem yourself and you put someone as, as otherworldly, then of course these breakups are going to make you feel even worse than what you felt before because you're coming from a one down position. When people decide to end a relationship, all it simply means neutrally is that this does not work. Either it doesn't work for one person or it doesn't work for the other person or it doesn't work for both of you. All it means is that the needs that one person has does not match the availability of the other person. Notice again, those are neutral words. The availability. What are you available for? When you don't know how to look at these differences and compatibility neutrally, what you'll miss out on is the extreme value and worth and how interesting it is everything that you are and everything that you're available for because you have made it so that whatever they want is the right prototype. It's the right it's the right standard instead of the fact that this is a whole other human being that has their whole a whole other path than you and you have your path too. Their path is not lined with gold and you're walking on, you know, broken up rocks. <laughs> like y'all both were we're in the Wizard of Oz and there is a path that y'all been walking together on this yellow brick road and there are four different lanes, right? And they're going straight and you're going to the right or there let me let me change that. They're going to the left and you're going straight, right? And each path is going to take you wherever you need to go. There's no right direction. You get to choose. And just because your path has split does not mean anything. Does not mean there's not treasure at the end of that road for you. But if you because you've deified this person and dehumanized yourself, you can sit right there in the middle of that road and decide that you're not going to. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Move because you feel like there's no other options for you without seeing that there are multiple paths for you to choose from and and endless opportunities for you. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Now talking about paths, let's talk about um, my next suggestion for you, which includes connecting with other people. And again, just as a recap, these are some Suggestions for you to keep in mind as you are healing from heartbreak. So there are multiple opinions when it comes to when is the right time, if there is a right time to start dating again. And, you know, some people will use that phrase. The best way to get over someone is to get under somebody else. Some people are very much be um, very much team take a long period of time to heal and work on yourself and there is, there can be dysfunction in both of those, y'all. Depending on what you're using that option for, if it's reinforcing your traumatic path, then it's 
only going to hurt you no matter what the intention is of the person who said it. And even if it worked for them, and even if it works for other people, if it reinforces your trauma, then it may not be the right path for you. So let's let's talk about those two options. So the first one, uh, go and date somebody else immediately. If you are someone who finds that you can struggle with serial monogamy, that you don't really know who you are outside of other people, that you morph into becoming what other people want, that you don't quite know how to make yourself happy, that when you have too much alone time or downtime, this includes those of us who are busyness addicts, uh, when you have too much alone time by yourself, there's too many thoughts and feelings that come up for you. You don't know how to sit still. And so one way that you go and you make those distractions in your life is to connect to other people and you and you call it being bored. Uh, so you find other friends and uh, again, you can't see my hands, but these are friend quotes. <laughs> these are these are air quotes. Um, you find other friends to connect to because you don't really know how to be by yourself. That may be reinforcing some codependent tendencies, not because you dating other people right after you've broken up with someone is bad. That's not. It's That is a neutral decision that anybody can make. But if you're doing it in a way that's a part of self-soothing uh, and um, running from your feelings and running from your trauma and running from low feelings of self-worth because you only feel worth when you're connected to other people. And because that person made you feel like shit, you got to find somebody else who thinks you're wonderful and pretty because you don't know how to give that to yourself. Then yes, that is not a productive decision for you. That might be a place for you to give pause to. Whereas somebody else who has been very codependent and very addictive in, in a relationship and they have deified somebody to the point where amazing people around them don't have a chance. Sis, you got to start dating other people. You need to start giving other people a chance and realize there's a whole big world and there's amazing people everywhere. And that person did not hold all of the cards in your life. They only have the power that you're giving them. You need to get out there and you need to live your life and celebrate and, and move on. And so, yes, you dating other people is exactly what you need to do, which leads to the second one, right? Where people talk about taking an extended period of time to work on yourself and um, be by yourself and heal, which is a, is very important, especially depending on, you know, the intensity of the relationship and what it brought out for you and what it triggered inside of you. And if there's any trauma that's been left, right? And if this is like a long path of relationships and you're, you're at the place where you're like, okay, I'm the common denominator. How do I work on this myself, right? Then yeah, those breaks make sense. But if you're one of my avoidant ladies, if you're one of my ladies who live in love deprivation, you can take as you can take forever and never be ready. You can you will take all the time in the world, but for you because you're already used to putting up walls, you're already used to distancing people. This is just reinforcing those built-in excuses you already have to make people make it so hard for people to get to know you. And then you call it self-care. And meanwhile, it you may feel really lonely or you may feel really misunderstood or you may feel really dejected. And the same thing, you may have a lot of buffers and cushions and things that you attach to that make you that insulate you from feeling those emotions and but really these self-love bubbles and self-love detoxes for you are not completely pure. There may be some amazing things that happen. And those of you who've come to my open houses and you've heard me uh, talk about this here on the podcast, you've heard me say this before. There, 
there are amazing things that happen when you do these extended self-love detoxes. But if you're doing it in a way that reinforces you detaching and not knowing how to let people in and being available and being vulnerable and and letting people see you and letting down the perfectionism and letting down the control, if you're still living in that energy, then all that's going to happen whenever you decide to emerge from this detox, emerge from this bubble, you never built the skills on how to learn how to attach to people in the first place. So the same things will continue to happen, okay? And so there's a balance. There's a balance. And so it's up to you to figure out what works best for you. So Again, this suggestion was be honest with yourself as you are healing from a breakup about what you feel when you think about connecting with other people in either direction. Uh, what is the reason? And it, does the reason support your highest version of yourself or does it reinforce kind of the hiding techniques that you may have used before? Okay. Uh, the fourth thing I want to share that I've seen as I've helped love addicts and love avoidance break these patterns as they heal from breakups is that time does not always help when you're ruminating. So when I first wrote this down, I wrote down time helps. But then I was like, no, that ain't true. (laughs) Time does not help when you are obsessively ruminating about a previous relationship, about a previous ex and going through all of the what ifs. It doesn't help when you're consistently comparing new people to them and not in a, oh, this is a part of my history. This is what I liked in this relationship. This is what I want here. But where there is a lot of emotion, like as if this person is the standard, and every person has to go through the gates of this ex relationship to try to get to you. But this is why you can break up with someone years ago and still be feeling this pain and still be feeling stuck because time doesn't mean anything when you're holding on to the fantasy of who somebody was and the fantasy of a relationship, but that you have and will always have full access to having all of the love and care that you want. The reason why we hold on to those exes is because we don't believe it's possible because we don't really truly love and love ourselves. That's that's all it is. If you knew how bad you were, if you knew how phenomenal you were, if you knew how amazing you were, you would look back at these people and be like, you blew it. (laughs) You'd be like, what were you thinking? You dropped the ball. And sometimes we will have those thoughts in like these moments of um, self-aggrandizing that, that, that comes more from ego versus true confidence. So we'll have this moment where we're like, I'm, I'm the shit, right? And then the next moment we'll really doubt ourselves. And so the reason why we have that up and down is because it's not coming from a true place of foundation where we know, we know that we know that we know, we know that 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 we are phenomenal, that we are phenomenal, that we're beautiful, that we're caring, that we're smart, that we're talented, that we are loving, that our love box is not broken. Oh, love box. That's not what I meant. (laughs) 
I'm not going to cut that out. Um, that our ability to love is what I was trying to say. That our ability to love was not completely broken. All it is, is we got it on pause, y'all. We got it. You got it on pause. And you just got to press play. You are still able to give and receive love to those around you who you want to give and receive love to. But when we are so stuck on ruminating on how everything would have been better if they would have worked out. We we don't allow ourselves to have those moments. We don't allow ourselves to have those opportunities. And really, y'all, I have not met one person yet. I'll, I'll put the yet on there. I have yet to meet, meet any person who has been ruminating on a past relationship with someone who was 100% what uh, uh, the right fit for them. There's always themes of unavailability. There's always themes of them friend zoning you because they weren't really as interested in them as you. And so there was something in you that was willing to take someone who wasn't crazy about you when you deserve people who are 110, 200% overwhelmingly ready to be with you. Like if someone is not all the way in it, they don't get it. Like they, they, you don't get a ticket to ride if you don't want to be here, honey. Like that, that is the standard we need to be on when it comes to allowing people to have access to us. We, we will take people who are kind of have us as second best and second offering. And then, and then wondering why we feel so hurt on the other side of it because we were kind of hoping that it'll build up into that that we were kind of hoping that they would really be as crazy about us as we are about them and no it's we we came with the wrong foundation we came with the wrong standard in the first place but anyways to finish my my thought uh, there's always some clue right that they are super flirty that they are super busy that they have an addiction that they told you that they emotionally weren't ready that they told you they weren't into monogamy that they told you that they or they told you that they were into monogamy and you're a polyamorous like there's always something they they're a different faith as you and it's a deal breaker for one or both of you they live with their parents and not in the way that many of us have lived with our parents as it's, it's a cultural thing is a way because we're actually building, but it's just one of the many different indicators of their irresponsibility and lack of motivation and lack of involvement in their personal life, right? There are all these things that we, we may ignore. And then when we tell it to other people, we, when we tell it to ourselves, they were the best thing since life spread and girl, girl, you can, you can and you should have everything you want from people who want you. That is not asking for too much to have someone want you. Now, for the people who you want to challenge me and say that this person was so amazing and they were everything and like you blew it, there are, in the three years of episodes, I don't know how many, but there are several, many episodes that where I tell you exactly what to do there. If you actually did something that showed your unavailability, that you ruptured the relationship, girl, it's time for you to go apologize and to make it right. Like if this really is your your one in a million, if this really is your your person and you with time and with maturity and and access and you've been doing your work and you realize, okay, this really was me, it wasn't them, then go back and make it right go go back and make it right this doesn't apply for you but this is for everyone where 
the break needed to happen for a reason and uh, is time. And you you've spent enough of your of your years. You've spent enough of your dreams. You spent enough of your hope investing in something that doesn't exist, stopping you from getting what you actually do want. And so it's time for you to move forward. And so that leads to the fifth and last thing that I wanted to say, which I've already said, which is you are so worthy and you're so amazing. Heartbreak and breakups are hard. It It is normal for even the most confident of us to get to a place where we just want to lay in bed all day and cry and be sad and grieve. And those are the appropriate things to do. And all I want is for while you're going through it, or especially at the end of it, for you to never, never, ever, ever doubt that you are a jewel, that you are a treasure, that you are priceless, that you are ever, ever amazing, and that nothing has been lost. None of that has been stripped away at all, just because this relationship did not work. And whenever you're ready to move on and however you need to move on is okay for you to do so. I just always want you to be mindful of the stories that you're telling yourself. Are they using, are they being used for your edification or are they really demoralizing? Are they bringing you closer to relationships and people who want to love you or is it keeping you further away? Are you deifying normal human beings and making them your everything versus which is very different than someone meaning everything to you, but you're actually making them your everything versus knowing that your your worth and your power and your strength comes from the inside and that you are a gift and it's a gift to be with you just as that person is a gift as well. Okay, so. That's all I got for y'all this episode, y'all. Again, this has been taken from many of the messages that I will teach and work through with my students in my program, teaching them how to be self-compassionate, teaching them how to move forward, teaching them how if they have been breaking up with people who haven't been good for them, how do we start looking for people who are good for us? How do we start to change all of that all of this messaging and all of these narratives that we've been living by to create the story that we want, right? That is what we do in our recovery school program from addicted and avoidant to available. So whenever you're listening to this, would love for you to come to our next open house. Our open house is when I open enrollment to the program. It's when I talk about the program in detail, the structure, the length of time, how we help you, what it looks like, the investment, the payment plans. And I also teach about intimacy disorders for the first half so that you know this is what we're all about and this is what we go deep into. So uh, currently at the time that I'm recording this, our open houses are always at the beginning of the month, the first Tuesday of the month when we have a cohort that is open. If you would like to come, if you're like, all right, you got me. <laughs> like I am going through a heartbreak. I've just finished a heartbreak. I am ready to stop this cycle. Would love to have you in our next cohort. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash open house and sign up for the next open house if we have a cohort that is about to open and would love for you to join us. So that is it for now. I'm sending all of you love and please, 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 as always, take care of your amazing selves. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.